You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual It's Tuesday, November 2nd, 2010. That's the day this podcast goes live. And I just want to say before you're allowed to listen to this podcast, you have to go and fucking vote. And you do have to vote Democratic, even though, you know, Democrats, when they're out of power, it's fun to think about all the wonderful things that Democrats will be able to accomplish once they are in power and then they get in power and then they disappoint naturally because they're Democrats and unlike Republicans, they don't pander to their base. They take their base bases for granted. They tend to fuck us, uh, particularly, you know, the gay base. They really like to fuck us. They're total power tops when it comes to fucking over the gay base. That being said, uh, even as a gay, I'm not a single issue voter. There's other shit I care about. And so, uh, and I hope there's other shit that you care about besides my gay base hole. I mean, you're going to vote. So please, before you listen to this podcast, if you're listening to the United States of America and it is November 2nd, you're voting. Vote first. You're voting against Christine O'Donnell. You are voting against Mark Rubio. You are voting against Joe Miller. In California, you are voting for marijuana legalization. You're doing the right thing. Voting. Vote. Vote. Democratic and progressive. And right after you vote... You can come back and listen to the Savage Lovecast. This episode of the Savage Lovecast is brought to you by Smitten Kitten, offering an amazing selection of products for your sex life. Enter Savage at smittenkittenonline.com for 20% off your purchase. Hi, Dan. Um, I was calling because I have an issue I don't really know how to solve. I'm gay, and I'm pretty young, and I have this friend who's also gay and the same age. He's grown up in this uber-religious family and now has cut everyone out of his life, including myself, while he tries to transition into being a heterosexual man, uh, using his church and counseling and whatever else his family has been doing. I constantly see him updating his Facebook status with Bible quotes and talking about how filled with Christ's love he is that day and all that, which is fine. Um, I've tried to reach out to him playfully on Facebook, and I'll ask him for status updates, like, hey, boo, is your dick tingling yet when you see girls? Or, you know, just kind of fuck around with him and try to make light of the situation, because him and I have had sex, and I know he's gay, and so, I don't know, I just feel like he's not fooling anyone, but I'll kind of just ask him questions and, you know, try to see what he's doing, and um, he just kind of responds with Bible quotes um, and kind of just shuts me out that way. There's no real way of getting in. Um, but ultimately, I've been friends with this guy for such a long time, over 10 years, and I'm really sad about losing him as a friend, but moreover, I'm sad about watching my friend try so hard at something I don't think he'll succeed in, and ultimately is going to hurt him very much. I wanted to know if you had any kind of recommendation or advice for how to help him, how to knock some sense into him, and maybe make him realize that if there is a God, the person that he is today, who he is right now, is good enough, and he doesn't need to go through all this. Um, any advice you can give me would do me a lot of help. Um, I don't want to lose him as a friend. I don't want to see him put on this charade and then 15 years from now end up kind of ruining his family or ruining his life or doing something kind of stupid. So thank you, Dan. 
you know, you really need to stop teasing your friend on Facebook and sending, you know, dick tingling things. How you put it to us is very kind of touching and moving. You know, I care for you. I, I feel bad. You don't have to go down this road. There are more welcoming faith traditions, blah, blah. What you said, say to him and then leave him the fuck alone. You know, if you had a friend who was picking up a nail gun and shooting himself in the left leg every day over and over and over again. At a certain point, you just have to go, well, that person's really fucked up and their fucked upness disqualifies them from uh, friendship with me because there's only so much room for so much fucked upness in my life. Also, you're not responsible for his stupidity. He's not your job. He's made a choice that disqualifies him from being the friend of an openly gay person, particularly one he may have had sex with. And so you just need to write him off you know sometimes you see a friend with a drinking problem your friend has a religion problem let's substitute booze for religion he's got a drinking problem and they're drinking themselves to death your friend at a certain point you have to recognize that they're throwing their life away it's their life to throw away and there's nothing you can do about it you've said your piece maybe you had your own little jokey intervention on facebook you need to recognize the limits of your power and uh, stop beating your head against the wall. Hey, Dan, I love the podcast. Um, I'm a 22-year-old straight male from Seattle who was a Mormon until I was 19. So there's that whole issue to deal with, but I'm not going to go into that right now. I just have two questions. First, I have a bit of a foot fetish, and I was wondering if it's wrong for me to, like, let's say, a girl wants me to give her a foot rub. Is it wrong for me to do so, given that it's kind of like a sexual thing for me without telling them that it would be, that it would turn me on? Uh, I don't know, I guess. I was just wondering if that's a gray area or what. And uh, second, I like to wear women's clothing, not necessarily sexually. I mean, sometimes sexually, but also like in normal life. And I was just wondering if there's other, or if there's girls out there who are into that kind of thing, or if that's something I should keep under wraps until I'm, like, in a relationship and then present that sort of thing to someone, or if that's something I can do in, like, my normal life and not weird people out, I guess. It's not creepy for you to give a girl a foot rub if, as you put it, the girl wants you to give them a foot rub. If it was her idea, her suggestion then it's not creepy. Some girl you know says, oh, God, my feet hurt. I w- would you rub my feet? Then you can go for it without, you know, with with a buy. You get a pass. But if you're walking around to your female friends and going, oh, it looks like your feet are really sore <laughs> when you like a foot rub, then you're a creep. Then you're exploiting their ignorance of your particular kink or turn on or even the possibility that a man could have a foot rub in some cases or a foot fetish in some cases. Uh, to your advantage, you're being exploitative. But if you're just offering, you know, if you're just acquiescing to someone's request that you give them a foot rub, you don't have to tell them that that turns you on necessarily. You can just enjoy. As for cross-dressing, yes, there are girls out there who uh, are into guys who cross-dress. I hear from them all the time. We'll get a lot of calls from them after we run your question. Um They're out there. The only way you can find them, though, is to kind of be unashamedly open about your interest in cross-dressing socially with your friends, you know, go out clubbing. You can go to places where people do cross-dress or go to fetish parties or go to, you know, just the crazy bars where anything goes and everyone's welcome. 
and do your thing. And then girls who are attracted to your particular thing will approach you. It's like magic. This episode of the Savage Lovecast is brought to you by the Smitten Kitten. Smitten Kitten has an amazing selection of products for your sex life. Whether you're single or partnered, their non-toxic, body-safe toys are the best quality products available. Shop their easy-to-navigate, secure website at smittenkittenonline.com or visit one of their stores in Minneapolis or Denver. Take 20% off any order online or in-store with the code SAVAGE. Smitten Kitten, sex toys for everyday people. Hey, Dan. Um, I'm a 23-year-old guy living in Alabama, unfortunately, at the moment. Um, but my call is in regards to um, my dad and my stepmother. Like, there's too much background, really, to give the whole story, but she's just basically a complete slut and has cheated on him numerous times that I know of, just from, you know, people telling me, and like, I've actually seen some things. And just yesterday, um, I caught her at this park um, that I just happened to be at, and she was with this guy who I've seen, you know, I've heard and seen her with before, so I'm pretty sure she's cheating. And, like, you know, I know, like, in the past you've said, you know, our your parents' business or their business and you shouldn't, um, you know, get involved. But, I mean, I think this is a special circumstance because she's also, like, a total drug addict, like, a big pill head. She's been in rehab. And I know my dad is unhappy. Like, he's told me that before. Um, you know, we've had multiple conversations where, you know, we spend, like, an hour talking, and, like, he cries, and, like, I get emotional, and I just, and, like, and after I saw it yesterday, I went to him again, and I was, I told him what I saw, and I was, like, you know, Dad, I was, like, life's too short, you're not happy, leave her, like, leave her, and he is, you know, I'm, we live in a small town, or they do, um, and I just, you know, graduated from college, and I'm about to leave again to go to grad school, but I'm here for the moment, and, um, he, I think is worried about, you know, what she would say about him and what ruin his business. But, I mean, I try to convince him that whatever she does, it can't be as bad as him being miserable married to her. Um, But, you know, in the past, he never, whenever we have these conversations, he doesn't change. He doesn't, you know, do anything. Um, He doesn't take my advice. He just stays with her. She continues to make him miserable. and, And I just, my question basically is, at what point do I tell my dad, you know, Stop talking to me about this, or and I've also contemplated. My sister and I talked about like, should we just tell him we don't approve of the way you're living, and until you you know shape up and kick her out, and you know, should we cut off contact with him and like force a, a decision on him? I mean, is that evil to do? But I mean, it's just like you don't know how bad this woman is. Like, she hangs out with the biggest low lives, like talks trash about everyone, including me, really bad. Like, I've heard stuff that she said about me and about my grandparents. And my grandfather, like, died recently. And my grandmother told me that um, in his lap, and then a few days before he died, he was talking about how, you know, horrible she was and how bad he wished that um, she would leave, or he would leave her. And then, you know, and so he died with that on his mind. And I'm just wondering, like, should we take, like, very proactive steps to force my father into a decision that he just seems like, I don't know, he didn't have the willpower or the backbone to do. Um, Is that wrong? You're a grown man. I'm going to go out on a limb and presume that your father is also a grown man. You can't force your father to leave your stepmother. 
You can stage an intervention. You can beg. You can plead. You can cut off contact with your father because things have just gotten so toxic with the stepmom in the picture that you can't deal with your dad and you can't be in relationship with your dad right now. You can do all that. You still can't force your father to leave your stepmother. That is something that only he can do. It's a decision that only he can make. And for whatever reason, he's not willing to leave her. Have the intervention. You and your sister and your grandmother and whoever else you can gather in a room. Confront him about what a low-life piece of shit this woman is and beg him to leave. And I predict the past being prologue that your father is going to stay with this woman. And then you'll have to really make a decision about whether you're going to follow through on your threats to cut off all contact with your dad. Sorry. Sorry that's not better, more helpful. There's no really magic solution. Uh, And it really is often situations like this that inspire people to Google Hitman. But I encourage you not to Google Hitman because the only person you're going to wind up sitting in a room with negotiating a hit on your stepmom is an FBI agent. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a 22-year-old female from Chicago, and I'm a proud bisexual. And um, I have a question about how to uh, convey and maintain my bisexual identity. Um, So just a little bit of background. I've known I was bi for about four years. I attended a women's college on the East Coast, and during that time, dated a few guys and um, a girl. And I've dated more men than women, and... With men, I'm attracted to them. I have a very strong physical reaction. I get really hot. And um, with women, I'm attracted to them more rarely. You know, I'll know someone for a while and then suddenly realize, like a bolt of lightning, that I'm attracted to them. And um, I have very strong emotional connections with women. Um, So last year um, in college, I dated a woman and came out to my parents and friends as a bisexual. And so I graduated, and I just moved back to Chicago, and I have a lesbian group of friends, um, friends through some of my classes, and friends through my synagogue. And I'm out um, with my lesbian friends and a group, my friends at school. So here's my dilemma. So I've been meeting a lot of men that I'm attracted to, and I haven't really met any women so far. I have a harder time picking up girls, and I look pretty straight. Um, And I'm also more picky about women than men, and, you know, I've also had more experience attracting men than women, so that's mainly what um, I'm good at doing. So I'm living in Chicago, and I want to maintain a bisexual identity and explore, you know, the lesbian side of my bisexual identity. I really want to date girls, but there are all these attractive men in my life, and I'm not having luck with women so far, and I also really want to, like, get laid. So. Um, I don't want to date men right now because I want to maintain this, like, lesbian bisexual identity and explore that a little bit more. And also, you know, I don't want my parents and friends to think, like, me dating this girl in college was just a one-time thing and I'm, you know, like, that was just a one-time experience. And I also, you know, really enjoy having sex with women. It was a lot more pleasurable to me than having sex with men. So I have a few questions. Should I hold out for the right woman? Should I just hook up with men to, like, meet my immediate needs while I'm waiting for the right girl? And then also, you know, more general future questions. If I'm dating a man, how do I, like, show my bisexual identity? Um, I'm a really, really big fan, and I hope you can answer my questions. Thank you so much. 
Apparently being bisexual is like owning a boat or a dilapidated house. It's all about maintenance. How do you maintain your bisexual identity? How do you convey and maintain it? You open your mouth and say, I'm bi. You're just open and out about being bi. That's really all the maintenance a bisexual identity requires when a bisexual person is in an opposite sex relationship. You just have to open your mouth and say the words. I'm curious as to why you're even contemplating dating men at this stage, even though there are men everywhere you look and there are men chasing you and there's a lot of men you're attracted to. When you say so late in the call that you found sex with women to be a lot more pleasurable than sex with men, either that means perhaps you're more of a lesbian leaning by than you currently identify as or uh, you're having sex with a lot of inept, lousy lays who happen to have penises and you need to get out there and experience sex with a few men who don't um, suck at it. Chicago is a big city. There are personal ads. There are club nights. There are dyke nights and bars. There are women's softball leagues. There's all sorts of places and environments where you can go as a bi and be open about being bi and be clear that you're not just a mostly straight bi-identified girl trawling for a piece of pussy on the side every once in a while, but you are open to being in a relationship with a woman. Yeah, you'll probably encounter one or two dykes who have a chip on their shoulder about that, but fuck them or don't and move on to the girls who want to fuck you. But seriously, you're thinking about this too hard. You're thinking about this like you're still in a women's college on the East Coast. You need to re-fucking-lax. Open your mouth. Tell the people that you know, your friends, everybody, not just the people at your synagogue and your family. Tell everybody that you know, everybody that you date, everyone in your social circles and your work sphere, that you are bisexual and your reputation as a bi will be conveyed far and wide and maintained by others for you. You won't have to work quite this hard to convey and maintain. Good luck. Hey, Dan. Um, I have a question that I bet you've never heard before. Um, So uh, I'm an intensely religious person. I'm a Zen Buddhist, um, and I'm single. And I've noticed that every time I have uh, intense sexual experience with someone, and intense in the sort of normal way to the point of like orgasm or... Uh, sexual pleasure or whatever, um, I have an experience that you know, can be described as like an experience of God. <laughs> um, it's somehow intensely spiritual for me, and I'm not too concerned about what's happening. I think it's kind of like a fetish um, where some part of the brain uh, that, that governs sex is intertangled with the part that controls spirituality. But my question is, what do I do? I don't need to be spiritual to get turned on. It's that every time I am turned on, this sort of uh, spiritual experience just happens. Um, so I'm wondering, um, every time I tell a partner about that, it freaks him out. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know uh, kind of what to do with all of this, if I should sort of give up dating in favor of becoming a nun, which is something I thought of doing anyway. Um, or or uh, how I might introduce this to a partner in a way that doesn't totally um, skeeze him. <laughs> I feel silly. I feel really silly. Well, if this only happens when you have sex to the point of orgasm or sexual pleasure, you could always just opt for having sex that involves no pleasure or orgasms. Or you can keep your mouth shut since you know this spooks guys as it would uh, spook me, 
if I was inducing spiritual experiences in other people with the tip of my penis, I might be reluctant to put the tip of my penis into someone else just as, you know, an agnostitheist. I might have an issue with that. Your third option is to find other people with the same malady, the same maladaptation, the same sort of spiritual, sexual overlap, crossed wires, whatever part of your brain you think it is that's uh, getting tripped up when you're having your orgasms and sexual pleasure. There are a lot of, you know, Zen Buddhist tantric weirdos out there, and I use weirdos in the sex positive sense of the term, who have the same kind of affliction that you do, this conflation of spirituality and sexuality. And you could perhaps date them. And you guys could have uh, spiritual experiences, orgasm-induced spiritual experiences right on top of each other. Dan, this is outside your usual uh, genre, but I have a 15-year-old grandson. His father's not in the picture. My daughter's raising him alone. And my daughter just caught him uh, watching porn on the Internet. Now, I know 15-year-olds, at least when I was 15, I used to spank the thing till it, till it would hurt, and I'm sure he is too. My only problem is a lot of porn is very, very jaded, uh, a lot of weird stuff out there. What do I tell her? What do I tell him? Uh, should we lock down the computer to where he doesn't have any access? I mean, you know, every kid needs his stimulation. Back when I was his age, it was uh, penthouse and the letters, but... Uh, which is why I like Literotica now, but that's neither here nor there. What do I tell them? Give me some advice. Thank you. I think you should have a few words with the grandson because what could serve as a bigger disincentive to ever get near porn again in your life, lest you get caught again, than having to listen to your grandfather talk about when he used to spank it till it hurt. So talk to him. Tell him that... uh, You're concerned and, you know, share with him, bond with him just a little bit. He'll be mortified. He will want to run from the room. There will be a grandson-shaped hole in the wall at the end of this conversation. And just let him know, man to man, since dad's not in the picture, that you understand that he's you looked at porn when you were his age and you know that he's going to look in porn, but he needs to bear in mind that there's really a lot of extreme shit online and he's going to see things that people aren't going to be willing or able to do for him so he might not want to carve too deep a groove into his erotic imagination with everything that's available for him online these days and just put that in there just put that in his head that the porn online all porn online or offline even the porn you used to look at kabuki sex it's idealized it's heightened it's it's very uh sometimes very extreme and it bears often very little resemblance to the sex that people actually have in their relationships. And he should bear that in mind while he's rubbing them out. And then tell him that if he doesn't learn to cover his tracks and he keeps freaking his mother out by getting caught looking at online porn, that you'll have to have another one of these conversations with him. And that will, of course, inspire him to cover his tracks very, very well. And then you can get down to the business of patching the grandson-shaped hole in the wall at the end of your conversation. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm having a family issue and I need some advice. My sister, she is 37 and she's a lesbian. She got engaged to a woman after dating for about six months. Basically, for one reason or another, the whole family doesn't support this marriage. And my sister doesn't really know. Um, Just to give you a little bit of history about this, my parents are hardcore Catholic 
and my sister came out to my mom, but not my dad. And my parents don't really accept her as a lesbian. They, like, they know that she's gay, but they don't really talk about it. It's like she can be gay and bring her gay friends, quote unquote, home. But they made it pretty clear that they won't be part of any wedding of hers. And they said this even before that she got engaged. I have two brothers, and the oldest one also has the same feeling as my parents, but mostly he doesn't like her fiance. And my other brother doesn't care about gay marriage. He's kind of a hippie, and he thinks marriage is like this Republican antichrist. He does, but he doesn't really support it either because he doesn't get why they have to rush into this. He doesn't get what the big deal is. He thinks that they should wait another year and that they don't really know each other. I am married. Um, almost a year now, and I've been supportive of my sister's engagement because when she told me that she wanted to marry this girl, it was only about three months in, and I said, isn't it a little soon? She said, why just can't anyone say congratulations and be okay with this? So I said, okay, congratulations, because I don't have an issue with gay marriage. I totally support gay rights and think my parents and my oldest brother are being total fuckwits about this whole thing. And I'm not silent about it to them because gay people have the right to marry, just like anybody else. But here's the rub for me. I really don't like her fiancé. She's a good person. She's not an asshole. She really isn't. She treats my sisters good, but she's a total alcoholic. And she's functional, but she's still an alcoholic. And I never would have picked her out for my sister in a million years. And I really just don't see the connection between the two of them. My hippie brother and I think that they probably have some strong sexual connection, but I don't really get how these two work. To the outsider, they seem like night and day. And I got to say, I've really been trying to be open to your fiance. I've gone down to their house to visit and spent time with them. We've gone out to eat. And I'm really just trying to get to know her. So, But the more I get to know her, the more I see that this marriage is a train wreck waiting to happen. And my sister doesn't know that these feelings I have, and she doesn't know how my brothers feel. She knows that my parents are really not for this wedding, but I don't know if I should tell her or let Christmas roll around when we all finally get together and have the bomb drop when the wedding topic obviously will come up. Part of me feels like this is her life, and whatever makes her happy, she's going to do what she wants. But if I was her, if I was blind in a relationship to what was going on, I would want someone to tell me, despite the consequences, even if she wasn't going to talk to me. What should I do? There are two issues here. Gay marriage and this gay marriage. You are supportive of gay marriage, of equal rights for all. You don't support this gay marriage. Now let's set the gay issue aside. What would you do if your sister's fiancé had a dick? You wouldn't allow accusations of homophobia to cow you, you would speak the fuck up. You would advise her against this match. You would encourage her, at the very least, to have a long, long engagement so that she can vet this person as a potential spouse before she made the mistake of marrying this drunk. Do the same and be direct with your sister. Tell her that. Tell her you love her and you support her and you believe in equal treatment and equal rights, which is why you're going to give it to her now, just like you'd give it to her if her partner was a man and tell her exactly how you feel and the reservations that you have. And if she tries to play that you're only saying that because she's a dyke card, you play the don't pull that bullshit on me. I am not mom and dad and I'm not your bigoted brother card. I am on your fucking side. Don't throw me away. You need my support. You need my love. 
and you need me working for you with the rest of the family in the long run. And have it out with her. That's your job as a sister. That's your job. And then she gets to make her own decisions. She gets to make her own mistakes. And if she decides to go through with this wedding, go to the wedding. Weddings are packed with people who disapprove of the match. If people who disapproved of the match didn't go to weddings, I think attendance would drop at weddings in total by about 45%. So you go, you smile, you eat the fucking cake. And then if you're proved right in a few years... You win. Yahtzee, you were right. And who knows, maybe in a few years, the uh, girlfriend, inspired by the love of your sister and the example of perhaps you and your marriage and getting to know you guys, gets off the sauce and learns how to be a bit more of a human being. Good luck. Hey, Dan, I have a question. Uh, My daughter came home from school the other day. She's 14 years old. And a friend of hers, who is 16, who has been um, out for a couple of years, at least, um, as a lesbian, whose parents kind of, you know, definitely disapprove of her lifestyle choices. They're kind of, you know, Christian fundies a little bit. Um, so she came home and told me that her friend has now uh, been okayed by her parents and is now taking... Um, testosterone, hormone therapy, so that when she is 18, she can um, become male. And um, I understand those kind of feelings. I know, you know, there are people who go through that and whatever, and that's fine, I guess. But my question and my concern is that she's 16, and, you know, that's kind of a huge decision, you know, to go beyond... uh, um, whatever, into, you know, actually getting a surgery and everything, and also taking those kind of hormones at a young age. Um, so I was just kind of curious what you thought about that. Uh, my, my daughter also informed me that the, the parents are kind of supportive of this because then their daughter won't be gay. She'll be a man with women. So I thought that was kind of strange. I don't know if they're pushing it. Reminds me of Iran this family. In Iran, the government, of course, uh, disapproves of homosexuality, also argues that there are no homosexuals in Iran. But if somebody is gay or lesbian, they will pay for a sex, the government will pay for a sex change operation. There's a documentary about the situation that many uh, gay and lesbian people find themselves in Iran called Be Like Others. And perhaps the parents of this girl are being like Ayatollah Khomeini, who issued a fatwa saying that, uh, Sex reassignment surgery was all right and uh, was a good idea and solution for homosexuality. We don't know what's really going on in this family, though. There are a lot of trans youth, and more and more trans youth are uh, being allowed uh, to take hormones and transition at younger ages than in the past. We don't, you know, we have to separate out, uh, just as with the last call, we separated out the issue of gay marriage from the issue of this gay marriage. We need to separate out the trans issue that this person, your daughter's friend, who may be male-identified, is having from the issues her parents, his parents, might be having. Maybe they will be more comfortable with a daughter, with a son, who's male-identified than with a daughter who's lesbian-identified. And that's their fucking issue and hang-up. And that could be beside the point for their child who may be male-identified. Really, the person to talk to 
Isn't the parents person to talk to is the child. If there's any coercion going on here or force, call Child Protective Services. I think that's highly unlikely, however. I do not believe that even the most homophobic parents could shove that down the throat of a lesbian child and encourage her to transition in this way for their comfort. But again, talk to the child. Discuss the child's transition with the child. She's a friend of your daughter's. You have a right to your opinion. You have a right to discuss whatever you like with this kid who's making a very adult decision that he, if he is male-identified, should be able to defend. Hi, Dan. I'm a 42-year-old gay man, and I'm calling in reference to a couple of things. Uh, yesterday, I listened to episode 201 of the podcast with the uh, heartbreaking call from the uh, 15-year-old boy from rural Kentucky. And uh, having grown up in small-town Arkansas, I can relate to his experience. I loved your response that this is the worst it's going to be and that things will get better. And now I've become aware of your YouTube It Gets Better campaign. And in context of uh, the three reported suicides of bullied gay youth that have taken place, place in the past 24 hours, I just wanted to let you know I feel this is the most important thing you've done entertained us and informed us in the past, but now hopefully you will save the lives of some lonely, isolated gay kids. Thanks for the great work. Love the podcast and keep fighting for a sane society. Uh, hi, Ben. It's uh, George from uh, Chicago. I just listened to your most recent podcast, number 210, and uh, you're with someone and you're talking about advice. And there's a guy that calls in and he... Um, asks you for advice because he's been doing the same position for five years and he wants to switch it up. He wants to do something else, put it in another hole, whatever. And your simple advice was to threaten to leave her <laughs> or uh, switch up positions. And um, as a heterosexual male, I really don't see that working at all. Like <laughs> she's going to feel threatened and then uh, be like, oh, yeah, I'll do this, or else he'll leave me. And then uh, she either won't enjoy it in the back of her mind. She'll just be thinking that if she doesn't keep upping the ante, he'll leave her. And then it might hinder her pleasure. And it, it just it seems like there's just a plethora of things that are going to go on in her mind that won't help the situation. So uh, I would definitely recommend at least giving him like three to four suggestions before coming to the final solution of threatening to leave her. I'm sorry. It's just, it just seems absurd that that's the only solution that's on the table because I mean, there's things that like that he could either read a book or like, I don't know, leave a book on the table about positions and then casually talk about it and see what she thinks about it without it being like the main subject of the day or the year or of their lives. So um, yeah, I just would really recommend something else. Hi, Dan. I'm calling because I was just listening to your most recent podcast with Christopher Ryan and just screaming yes in my car over and over again. And then you got to the point where you said, there are no women calling me and saying, I want my boyfriend to get into cuckolding fetishes because I want to have sex with lots of men. Well, Dan, I want my boyfriend to get into a cuckolding fetish because I'd like to have sex with lots of men. My boyfriend, however does not want me to do that. How can I bring this up with him? How do I end up talking to him and letting him know that he's my primary? I love him the most. I'm not going to leave him. 
but I would like to have sex with lots and lots of men. Thanks very much for your uh, calls, everybody, for your responses and your thoughts. We're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720. That's the number here at the podcast. Give us a buzz. Record a question or comment for a future show. 206-201-2720. You download us every week at thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day. It's log.thestranger.com where you can read the Savage Love Letter of the Day. And again, I hope you already voted. But if against my expressed wishes... You listened to the show before you voted. Now you owe it to me to go and vote. Vote, vote. Vote Democratic, wherever you are. Vote for legal marijuana. If you happen to be in California. And hopefully me and the Tech Savvy at-risk youth and legal marijuana will be back at you next week with another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading.